There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. A confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. That's in your New Testament. Hebrews chapter 5. I discovered God likes coffee. You know how I know? Because Hebrews. Okay. That's my joke. Okay. All right. Hebrews 5, Hebrews 5, 8. Now, I like a little sip, but all, you know, some of you are all addicted to it. You got to have two and three cups and all of that and all that. I probably don't like no more. When I was a kid, they'd make us big old mason jars. Anybody know what a mason jar is? They make, they make us mason jars of coffee. And so I probably, that's why I just don't want it no more. Hebrews 5, 8. Though he was a son, say Jesus. Now, I need you to understand something. God is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says that the Lord is one. So when you see Father, Son, Holy Spirit, those aren't three separate entities. They are three expressions of one God. Just like you may be a father, but also may be a husband, and you are also someone's employee. But there's one you, three expressions or three demonstrations of the one you. So when we look at this, don't see this as a separate entity. Hebrews 5, 8, though he was a son. In other words, though he chose to put himself in flesh, yet he learned obedience. Now, wait a minute. How does God learn to obey? Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things, watch this, that went well for him. By the things that made him feel good. By the things that made him shout. By the gifts he opened up. No, by the things he suffered. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there's some folks in there that's been suffered through some stuff this year. Now, that word suffered in Hebrew means to experience ill treatment. Is that anybody? It means to undergo evil, to experience heavy emotions. I don't know about you, but this last year has been the most emotionally up and down. Any witnesses here? Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Mm -hmm. That's what's been happening to you this year. You've been learning to obey because you had to suffer through some stuff. Verse 9, and having been, watch this, perfected. Now, that's interesting because most of us in our mind, we see Jesus, who is both 100% God, 100% man. We see him as already perfect, and his divinity was perfect, but it is humanity had to evolve. Watch the word. It says, and having been what? Perfected. Say, Jesus evolved. No, 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 which means he grew. He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Father, customize, tailor, wake this word for us, your people now. And we will move and walk in those things that you have ordained. We thank you that on this day over 2,000 years ago, a savior was born. This is the day that the world sets aside to honor that birth. And so, Father, we take this day aside to say, you are the reason for the season. We take this day to say, thank you for thinking enough of us to come and humble yourself to be a human and go through abuse and go through betrayal and go through rejection so that we could have life and have life more abundantly. Thank you for that sacrifice. Thank you that when you were born, an evolutionary was born. And when we were born, an evolutionary was born. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, I five, two, three people say the birth of an evolutionary. The birth of an evolutionary. You can be seated. 
Uh, we have been in this message series called The Misrepresentation of Jesus to get the facts about Jesus and even dive into some taboo topics to see the real Jesus so we can see the real us. And today is Christmas. And let's be frank. No, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th, but it is the day that the world sets aside to honor his birth. Isn't it something that even atheists have to set this day aside? Isn't it something that even agnostics have to set this day aside? Even, ain't it something that even people who talk about you for putting God first and talk about you for coming to church, this day, the whole world sets it aside. That's why the scripture says every knee should bow and every tongue gonna confess. Because every time they say Christmas, they're saying he is, he was, and he is to come. The origin of what we now call Christmas was really a pagan festival to honor the Roman god, fire god Saturn. It was a time of lawlessness, promiscuity, uh, that is tricking, the world of uh, the worship of false gods and idols and child sacrifice until it was Christianized to take the focus off of foolishness to put it on Jesus. And what we should love about Jesus is that he can take something as ridiculous as that and redeem it, then reverse it. That's the same thing he did for you and I. We were ridiculous. Can we be honest about it? And truth be told, we still got some stuff that's ridiculous about us. But I tell you to look at your neighbor and say, I ain't where I want to be. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Yeah, is there anybody that can celebrate the progress you've been making in life? And I still got some rough edges. I'm still under construction. But baby, I'm making progress. Somebody in the overflow. I'm making progress. He took something as ridiculous as this pagan festival to worship the Roman fire god Saturn and he redeemed it. That means he bought it, he took it, and then he reversed it. Now watch this. Matthew 1.21 says, and she will bring forth a son, talking about Mary, who, by the way, just so you know this fact, she's not a virgin anymore. Amen. She had children after Jesus. Amen. After Jesus, Joe was like, come here, that I might know you carnally. Matthew 1, 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Say Emmanuel, God with us. Luke 132 says this, he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. It sounds to me like the reality is, is that Jesus was a big deal. Okay, now stick with me because touch your neighbor and say, duh, duh, duh. Okay, okay. We understand that. We, we, we got an understanding of that. But, but he was such a big deal. He had to tell Mary who would go through the process of labor that you need to understand all of the pain you're about to endure, all of the scandal you're about to endure because folk are going to talk about you, Mary, and say, how in the world did the Holy Ghost get you pregnant? All of the drama you're about to endure, Mary, you need to know that it's because you're getting ready to give birth to a big deal. Can I encourage somebody in here that all the pain you've endured, all the scandal you've endured, all the lies they've told about you, who am I preaching to? All of the pain, betrayal, and suffering you dealt with this year is because you were giving birth to a big deal. What's the big deal, Bishop? The new version of yourself. Would you high five your neighbor and say, I'm giving birth to a new me? Yeah, and it's a big deal because I wasn't sent here to be a curse perpetuator. I was sent here to be the interruption to the dysfunction in my bloodline. I was sent here to be the curse breaker. Such a neighbor say, I'm kind of a big deal. Wrong neighbor, try the other one. That one was hating on you. Don't say nothing else to them. Give them a two-minute timeout. Try the other one. Say, I'm pretty much a big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had to be born for such a time as this because there's something in me that the world needs. Whenever there's a problem, God sends a person, which means you are the answer to a problem going on in the world today. High five that other neighbor. Let's take them off time out and say, I'm kind of a big deal. Good. You can take them off suspension. They're back in. The world sets today aside to honor when God stepped into a body to become a man to show us how to be a man. But he is no ordinary man. He is the theanthropos. You've heard me use that term before. It is now the uh, uh, combining the convergence of two words, theos, which is divinity, anthropos, which is humanity. He is the perfect combination of 100% God and 100% man. He was 100% divine and 100% finite at the same time. Watch this. But I want to introduce a new term to you. When Jesus was born, an evolutionary was born. And when you were born... <coughs> An evolutionary was born. <laughs> Bishop, what do you mean? There is a history of you that predates your birth date. 
that's discovered in the narrative of Jeremiah. I've taught you this before. In Jeremiah, it says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And then he said, uh, I ordained you, I sanctified you. In other words, he said, I'm sending you for a purpose. That's the ordaining part. And I sanctified you and I set you apart. So I sent you and I set you apart. Say, I've been sent. I've been set apart. You're not talking like an army. Say, I've been sent and I've been set apart. See, in other words, watch this. You didn't get here when you got here. You got here before you got here. See, he says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means before you had a body, before you had problems, before you had issues, before you were born into the bloodline, you were born and God says, you and me, we had a thing going on. And when I looked at you, I said, it is time. Because some stuff's going on in the earth that only you got the solution to. Which is why you couldn't be aborted. Which is why you couldn't die in that accident. Which is why you couldn't go down from that cancer. Why? Because he said, I sent you for such a time as this. What time is that, Bishop? The time I would be needed most. Would you touch your neighbor and say, your life is needed now. See, you were formed by God and sent to the earth for the time you'd be needed most. And that's why, like Jesus, against all odds, you had to be here. And we weren't sent to spark a revival. Sometimes folk in church are like, we need a revival. You know what that means? It means to bring something that was, that was dead back to life. Let me tell you what that is, a seance. God is not trying to repeat what he did. He is doing something new. If he wanted to repeat what he did, he would have left those that were in charge in charge. But instead, he said, I want to do something new. That's why I sent you. Touch your neighbor say, I'm the new thing. Oh, that ain't how you talk. All right, we're going to put them in time out. They try that again. Say, say I'm the new thing. Say, we're the new thing. Uh, watch this. We're not, we're not sent here just to spark a revival because that's to bring something that was dead back to life, which is a seance, nor just a revolution because a revolution means a sudden or drastic change, but that change could be negative. What we need is an evolution. Say, I'm an evolutionary. Okay, let me explain it to you. Evolution means development, advancement, growth, to rise, to progress, to expand, to unfold, to transform. It is the process of change in a certain direction. A process of continuous change from a lower, simpler, or worse form to a higher, more complex, better form. You missed what I just said. You, you missed what I just said. Say, I'm an evolutionary. That is development, advancement, growth. You've grown way more this year then you've been giving yourself credit for. At the beginning of this year, had you been dealing with some of the stuff you had going on the last few weeks, you maybe would have cussed or cut somebody. Can you just be honest? Okay, y'all gonna look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. But touch your neighbor and say, but I've been growing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's this? It means to develop, to advance, to grow, to rise, to progress, to expand, to unfold, to transform a process of change in a certain direction. That direction in 2016 was to take you from whatever level of life you were at to get you on 10. On 10 is the colloquialism that means the best of the best. And biblical numerology, it is the number that means just short of perfect. In other words, watch this. Everything you've suffered, just like Jesus in Hebrews, it has been to perfect you. That's why you dealt with some rough folk. Let me tell you what they were, sandpaper. That's why you dealt with some rough situations. Let me tell you what that was, sandpaper. You, you ought to touch your neighbor and say, I'm evolving, I'm evolving. Uh -huh. It means a process of continuous change from a lower, simpler, or worse state to a higher, more complex, or better state. Check it out. Jesus came as a child but evolved into the Christ, that is, the anointed one. And watch this. Although he came as a child, he evolved into a champion. Okay. Let me make it practical for you. You were a blank. Fill it in for yourself. But you've evolved into a blank. Fill it in for yourself. Say, I'm evolving. Don't confuse this with the preposterous non-factual theory of human evolution that postulates we evolved from slime into monkeys into humans after Big Bang. Well, if that's true, who set off the bang? And while I'm on the subject, if we're evolving from monkeys, shouldn't there be one that's midway? Just one. There should be one that's kind of like this here. By the way, uh, all right. Now, say the evolution of Jesus. 
When I say that phrase, these are the stages of life that have nothing to do with age, but to do with your choices that are made in your crisis. Let me say it another way. Uh, 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 your evolution has nothing to do with your age. Matter of fact, Leah said age ain't nothing but a number. That's what she said. Well, I says it has to do with the choices that you make when you're in a crisis. You've had some crisis over these, some crises, excuse me, over these 12, uh, last 12 months. And the choices you made are what perpetuated your evolution. Okay, Hebrews 5, 8, though he was a son. In other words, he already was what he was becoming, but he had to evolve because while he was, he yet was not. You missed it. I'm there, but I'm not there. I'm there because he said I am, but I'm not there because I can see I am. Okay, let me, let, me, let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. Uh, if you've ever gone to the gym, you maybe had this image in your mind that this is what I'm working to. In your mind, you were there. But yet you still needed to go to the process to get you there. What is navigation in your car? This is where you're going. But you still got to take the drive. Okay, y'all not, you're not, you're not following what I'm saying. Which means, watch this, I'm there in my mind, but I'm not there in my reality just yet. I'm, I'm there in what I can see uh, in my mind, but I'm not there in what I can see in my reality. Is there anybody where you got some places that you hadn't got yet? Y'all not saying nothing. That's why people don't understand how you have the joy that you have. Why? Because I can call things that be not as though they were. I'm not there, but I'm there. I haven't. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. Now watch this. Obedience. Here's what that means in Greek language of our New Testament. It says to listen. Your neighbor's issue at the beginning of this year, they didn't listen. Except the folks they shouldn't have listened to. Never consult the cursed about how to be blessed. How are you going to go have a conversation with somebody that don't tithe about what you're supposed to do? Uh, it got quiet there, don't I'm not the one. Huh? How are you going to consult somebody that don't even put God first about what decision you ought to make? And I talked to so-and-so. Well, you ought not to talk to so-and-so. That's the worst so-and-so you could talk to. Let me tell you, you can stop talking right now. I don't want to hear nothing you and so-and-so came up with. It's quiet in church. He learned obedience. Say, to listen. But then that word means he learned how to be submissive. Check it out. God had to learn how to submit. Submit means get under a mission. You know, an issue we got, uh, not you, somebody you know, is that they have been so self-centered their life that watch this they do stuff but they never submit they're visually compliant but not submissive and here's when it really shows because submission doesn't isn't necessary when there's agreement submission is only necessary when you think a but you're told to do b and that's the test of it. That's why this year you had some submission tests. God says, now you're going to put me first or you're going to put them first? Because I'm going to see who you submitted to. It's quiet this year. All right. Then it means attentive hearkening, which means I hear it, then I obey. Say, I hear, then I obey. So Jesus, watch this. He had to learn how to listen, be submissive, and how to uh, hear and obey. And, and here's what taught him that. It wasn't the good stuff that happened to him. It wasn't when he got breakthrough. Okay, let me make it practical. It wasn't when you got the promotion. It was when you got the demotion. Y'all not saying that. It wasn't when you had more than enough money. It was when you had more bills than money. Y'all not, y'all not, y'all not. It wasn't when it seemed like all your friendships were good. It was when you discovered you didn't actually have any friends. All you had were misidentified Judases. It's quiet here. It wasn't when things were great. It was when things were bad. Now, now take this out. Take this out. But the bad made him great. You missed it. The worst made him the best. 
can, 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 can I help you with something? Everything that, uh, watch this, you suffered, which in the Greek language of our New Testament means ill treatment to undergo evil and experience heavy emotion, that was the best thing that could have happened to you. All right, on this Christmas morning, I just need some of y'all that don't mind, watch this, you like to thank God for all the great things he's done, and that's good. But I dare you, watch this, to thank your Judases. And sometimes the Judas wasn't somebody else. Sometimes you were your own Judas. But is there anybody that can tell God, thank you because it was the worst, but it made me my best. Watch this. Watch this. He said, he said, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. God had to learn how to obey by the things that he suffered. So if he had to, Tell your neighbor, says the same truth. It's the same is true for you. Verse nine, and having been perfected or evolved, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. But he already was that. But he still needed process to manifest that. Too many Christians believe that I just say it, and that's it. Once you say it, you're going to have to go through some suffering in order to see it. Okay, it, it, it's quite here. Say, I have to evolve. Which brings me to my first point. What you've suffered this year has been designed to evolve you. What you've suffered this year has been designed to evolve you. Check this out. Jesus came as a baby. Oh, baby. Baby Jesus. Little baby Jesus. Little baby Jesus. Oh, he's so cute. How many pounds? God, dog, that's a linebacker. Oh, look at all that hair. Oh. Oh, can I watch him? Mm -mm. that's your baby say he came as a baby and babies are driven by selfish desires okay it got quiet right there you don't feed it you don't give them what they want watch this they make a mess on themselves Watch it, watch it, and then want somebody else to clean it up. Oh, okay, all right, you're going to catch where I'm going with this in just a moment. Babies are driven by selfish desires, and when those desires aren't met, they, they act out. They throw temper tantrums. They sit there, and they just cry. Oops, somebody get the baby's neck. You can see I ain't got no business in the nursery. That's why I come out here. They do a good job. Don't you thank God for our wonderful kids ministry? They do a good job. If I had your kid, but I tell you, they're going to come out obedient, though. They're going to come out. Your little baby is going to come out. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Now, look. Now, look, 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 look. Little baby Jesus. Say he was a baby. Say driven by selfish desires. So when babies don't get what they want, what do they do? They cry. They make noise. They don't like something. What do they do? Spit it up. They haven't learned that sometimes it ain't about what you want. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. But a baby doesn't think that way. Can, can I drop something on you real quick? Most of us really haven't evolved beyond being big babies. Because when God don't answer your Sunday prayer by Monday night, Okay, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. When God doesn't hurt the person that hurts you by Friday, God, I just don't even believe you real no more, Lord. I can't believe you let them get away with this, and I was good to Craig Neal. So, babies, they just get mad and they throw tantrums. 
let's just be honest. We're a church. We can be honest. How many of us this year threw some tantrums? Let's just be honest. And if your neighbor is not having their hand up, that's because they're throwing one right now. They won't even admit that they're throwing a tantrum. God, I wish I had more money. You won't make a budget. You ain't entitled to more money. God, I wish I had better relationships. Your picker's off. You pick Ike and get mad. Okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm an equal opportunity preacher, so let me, let me come on the other side. Because, you know, the lady's like, that's right, Bishop. No, some, some of you fellas, you pick video girls. They ain't good for nothing but to look at. You need to be careful with that. Your ass beating cults of them. Okay, watch this. So the Bible says, Bible says, Bible says, but I'm just joking. If this is your first time, touching your neighbor and say, Bishop's just having fun. You got to have fun in church. If we can't be real here, where in the world are we supposed to be real? So, so don't take anything as I say it's judgment and condemnation. Quite the contrary. I'm just being real. I'm saying the stuff that you think. Watch this. Jesus loves you and he loves us and he wants us to stop acting like babies. What are you saying, Bishop? You've been whining too much. It's time to start winning. You've been complaining too much. It's time to start conquering. Can I tell you, your greatest struggles have been trying to preserve who you were. That's why you feel so torn all the time. That's why you're so emotionally up and down. You're trying to hold on to the baby version of you. And Jesus says, it's time out for that version. It's time for you to evolve. Would you high five your neighbor say, it's evolution time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Your problem is you've been fighting your own evolution. And Jesus had to evolve, and we do too. So he evolved from a baby. Now, check this out. Uh, say he evolved into a child and as a child Herod tried to kill him but he escaped and that's what happened to you too see there was some stuff in your childhood that went down that truth be told tried to take you out maybe it was emotional maybe it was family drama maybe it was family issues but what you need to know is that if it happened to Jesus that explains why it would also happen to you and if he was able to evolve and get over the fact that the entire nation was trying to kill him Whatever happened to you in your childhood, it's time for you to evolve out of that. You got to stop blaming, well, mama this, well, daddy this. Well, I understand you had some bad days. I understand you had some rough situations, but it's time to evolve. Herod tries to kill him, but he escaped, and that happened to you too. And in Matthew 3, when Jesus was a child, not a baby, wise men presented him with three gifts. So most of the nativity scenes you see are totally inaccurate because they're, they're, they're three guys bringing Jesus gifts as a baby it's not what the scripture says in Matthew he was a child which means he was probably about two and it wasn't three guys you don't three guys don't take a trip to see a king it was a it was a great gathering but they brought three gifts the gifts were gold frankincense and myrrh check it out why would they bring those types of gifts to a child Because although he was king of kings, he had to go through the process to be king of kings. And you don't step to no king without a gift in your hand. But watch this out. Watch this. Watch this. I'm gonna get you, I want you to see something. Say he evolved. Why would they give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Now, they didn't have banks like we did today. So it wasn't like, here you go. Here's a gift card. Here you go. Here's a check. Here you go. Go put this in the account. No, 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 no. They literally brought him gold. So imagine the logistics of them getting that to him. Why, Bishop? Because as a child, watch this, he needed to prove he could handle valuable things. He needed to prove he could handle great opportunities. He, he needed to prove that he could handle responsibilities. Imagine the logistics of carrying that gold around the rest of his life. Imagine the logistics of it. He's got to take this gold around with him. He's got to prove I know what to do with it. By definition of that qualification of stages of life, many times we get stuck, watch this, acting like children. You're given responsibilities that you prayed for and then you whine about it. We're given opportunities that other folk would cut somebody for and then you waste the opportunity. But I came to speak it into somebody's life that today is your day of evolution. I, 
I'm going to show God I can be trusted with great things. I'm going to show God I can be trusted with valuable things. I'm not doing it to be loved. Because I'm loved, I'm going to do it. Watch well, this, watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, what can you be trusted with? What can you be trusted with? See, sometimes you go around, I'm, I'm going to be a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. You're not a good employee. You ain't no boss if you can't be a good employee. Oh, it got quiet in the church right there. Because, see, we want the boss, but you don't want to learn how to be a good employee. Scripture says, if you're not faithful with another man's, only an idiot would give you your own. Okay, y'all not saying nothing. So, 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 so watch this. Let me come down to single people. Then I'm going to get to the married people. Then I'm going to move on and finish this. Watch this. So single people, I'm just ready for a king. I'm just ready for a queen. Sir. Ma'am. To get a queen, you got to be a king. And kings handle business. Y'all, y'all. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Kings, watch this, they're not males, they're men. And men handle responsibility. I ain't sitting up laying up while you out there doing something. I'm making it happen for you. What was this? But then a queen. Don't call yourself a queen. And it's all kind of milk given without no payment. I know it's Christmas and I know you didn't come for this, but that's what he told me to say. Don't you be sitting up talking about you no queen, yet your milk is spilt all on the table, y'all. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. He ain't gonna treat you like no queen because you don't cost the queen's cost. And in case you're from Denver and you don't know what milk refers to, ask your neighbor. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm evolving. So he needed to prove he could handle great responsibilities. But then watch this. It got real quiet. The whole middle section got quiet on me. <laughs> You're taking notes. Okay. Then frankincense. They gave him gold. Watch this. Can you be trusted with things of value and responsibility? There are certain things you were given that heaven looked at how you handled it and said, we'll have that back. But today is your redemption day. Can we just be honest? We've all had some stuff this year we were given. And then heaven was like, nah, you're not handling it that right. But today I came to speak it into somebody's life. That heaven says, you know what? We're going to give you one more chance. We're going to give you not just one more, but another. Is there anybody that can give God praise for another chance? There's some stuff I messed up. Some stuff I did wrong. But I got another chance. <laughs> <laughs> then they gave him frankincense frankincense is tapped from trees by slashing the bark and it watch this it's tapped from trees by cutting the bark watch this the hard shell the exterior it has to be slashed to extract the frankincense mm -hmm. watch this the resin that it exudes once it's slashed is called, watch this, gonna psych your mind, tears. No, literally, when they slash the bark, the resin that comes out is called tears, which I think is interesting because we could certainly parallel that to our own lives that when we're sliced and cut and hurt, sometimes you have tears. Is there anybody? This year, you had some tears. I, okay. Some folk you thought would always be with you. You found out always was two days. Say tears. Now, it's interesting because it only is exuded when it's slashed. But then once it's exuded, it has to be burned in order to let off a great odor. What they give Jesus? Gold, frankincense. Check it out. In essence, the scripture is trying to communicate something to us in the gifts that they gave him. What they're trying to communicate is that part of your evolution as a child 
required you not only to be given responsibilities and opportunities that you had to prove you could be trusted with, but check it out, but it's also now you had to be slashed and burned. Okay, y'all, y'all not going to talk to me. You, you had to go through the fire because you can only be burned from a fire. So you had to be cut. And then after you were cut to add insult to injury, you had to go through fire. Anybody this year? You've been slashed and burned. Check it out. But that's when it lets off a great odor. In other words, it's worthless until it's burning. You need to thank God for everything this year that felt like fire to you. Because before that, you didn't have much value. But after the fire, all of a sudden, you've evolved into another version of you, into another level of you, into the best you you've ever been. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm the best me I've ever been. Genesis 8, 21. Then the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Now the word evil, say evil. Evil means contrary to in, in Hebrew. Means, means So something that's evil, it's contrary to you, contrary to your forward progress. Now take this out. Evil, watch this, means contrary to. In much of our lives, we spend being evil, watch this, toward ourselves. What do you mean, Bishop? We end up being counterintuitive and self-destructive. Why? Because it's as a child you experience rejection and abandonment and you're let down and you're betrayed and you're hurt and you're frustrated. And all of that is designed to watch this be your frankincense. Say it was necessary. Bishop, why did my mama do me like that? It was necessary. Why did my daddy do me like that? It was necessary. Why do we have to move from place to place to place to place? It was necessary to teach you that you don't need stuff. You make stuff. And so sometimes you got to deal with instability. Watch this. So when you get stability, you'll treasure it. Y'all not saying nothing. Say it was necessary. They gave him gold, frankincense. Watch this. Then they gave him myrrh. Myrrh. Watch this. Here's what it means. Bitter. So he's given responsibilities, then he's slashed and burned and tempted with bitterness. Be a good church. Now, Jesus had this as a child, but he also had this on the cross. You remember when he said, uh, when he asked for a drink, he said, I thirst. And the scripture says that they gave him sour wine. Sour wine was actually wine that was mixed with myrrh. What does wine represent? Joy. What is myrrh? Bitterness. It meant, can you handle bitterness and joy at the same time? Can you handle the worst and the best at the same time? Can you take joy and not be stuck with the aftertaste of bitterness? Bitterness is the residue of painful experiences. And if we're honest, that all happened to you throughout your childhood. Any witnesses here? You had some stuff in your childhood and its goal was to get you to stop evolving into an evolutionary but to turn you to evil. Gold, frankincense, are you still here? Jesus, Jesus. Scripture says he had to be tempted and tested just like we are. So when we see him, we see us. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh. As a child, what were your goal? Or was your gold, rather? What was your frankincense? What was your myrrh? Touch your name and say, what was your, what were yours? What were yours? What were yours? What were yours? Now, Jesus, though, Jesus was different. Say how, Bishop? Because Jesus said, I'm tempted to be bitter because truth be told some stuff has gone down in my childhood that I should be mad about you want to know why folk are self-destructive you want to know why folk party and get wasted and do all that and then wake up and say I'm so wasted and I'm not beating you up if that's what you've done I just want to tell you why you do it here's why you do it you do it because your gold frankincense and myrrh stopped your evolution but today, okay, all right, all right, all right. I came to set somebody free on Christmas. Jesus wasn't born to stay a baby. He was born to evolve into the king of kings. And I came to get somebody free today. 
Touch your neighbor and say, might as well be you. Might as well be you. Jesus. He go frankincense myrrh. All that stuff happened. And it was designed to get you to stop evolving. So you'd get stuck where you're hurt. You know you're stuck when that's all the topic of your conversation gets back to. Oh, I just remember as a kid. See, you're stuck there. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, y'all not say, I just, uh, well, daddy did this. Yeah, you're stuck at what he did. Well, mama did this. You're stuck at what he did. And Jesus says, I didn't come for you to be stuck. I'm talking to somebody in overflow. I didn't come for you to be stuck. I came for you to evolve. Here it is. I got to I gotta finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. That happened to you all throughout your childhood. Now, here's what you need to do. Say, I'm not bitter. I don't have time for bitterness. Say, it's evolution time. I tell you to throw your fist up one time like you mean it. Say, it's evolution time. Yeah, there's a you that's evolving. There's a you that's manifesting. Your family ain't seen. Matter of fact, when you're going to see them later today, they're going to be like, what happened to you? What happened to you at that church today? Baby, I evolved. Holla, I'm evolving. So then he goes from baby to child. Now he's a teenager. He's a teenager. And in the Hebrew culture, a teen slightly different because at the age of 12 or 13 depending on the specific sect of judaism that they were in they had what's called the bar mitzvah girls the bat mitzvah the age of the law the age of accountability it is sometimes called but it just meant that you grown now now in our culture we say 18 we given too many extra years in the biblical culture it was like 12 13 you better come on where, where that money at Mom, I'm going to play video games. I, I hope you're going to make some video games that some other people play. Watch this. In Luke chapter 2, watch this. I got I to gotta get it. Luke 2, 43. Now, when Jesus had finished, or when they had finished the days, as they returned. Say, so he's a teenager now. As they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mama didn't know it. They left Jesus at church and didn't know they left him. How many times in our weekly lives do we leave Jesus here? And I'm here to tell you this evolution message, you can't just leave it here. You're going to have to take this with you to dinner. You're going to have to take this in your office tomorrow. You're going to have to take it as you return in some of them gifts. Verse 44. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. See, that's some of your neighbor's issue is they keep looking for Jesus amongst relatives and acquaintances. Not realizing you are the Jesus to them. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. Verse 45. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. How many days did it take to find him? Three days. Hey, watch this. They found him sitting in the temple. He was sitting in the midst of the teachers or the rabbis, both listening to them, watch this, and asking them questions. And all who, now watch this. What did Jesus do for three days? How did he eat? Where did he sleep? Jesus said, look. Rest of the folk in my age bracket came to play games. I came to change the game. Let me speak to somebody in here. The folk you know came to play games, but you've been sent to change the game. Watch it, I gotta finish. And all those who heard were astonished at his understanding. Watch this, and his answers, which meant that they started asking him questions. This is why some of you feel like you're raising your parents. Okay, all right. This is why some of you feel like you're raising folk and your relatives and family and co-workers that should know more than you, yet you're raising them. It's an indication that you are an evolutionary. All right. And all those who heard him were son and said his understanding answers. Verse 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mama said, son, why'd you do this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Now, if I had time, I'd work that because I know what Jesus was thinking in his mind when she said your daddy and I were looking for you. He like, Joe? <laughs> okay, all right, let me leave that alone. Let me leave it alone. Let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. I got to move. I got to move. And he said to him, why? Look what he said, verse 49. Now, he says this to his mama in front of all the preachers. Because he know he's safe in front of the preachers. She ain't going to do nothing in front of the preacher. But now, once they get out into that vestibule, some of y'all knew you grew up in old school church. There was no kids' church. Kids' church was sitting next to your daddy or next to your mama or next to your grandma. Y'all that was kids' church. 
Okay, all right, verse 49. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Now, that seems to be a bit of a weird question. Why are you asking me why I sought you? I'm responsible for you. He said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand me, apparently, Mary. <laughs> There's something about Mary I need you to understand. Did you, watch what he says. Did, put it up. Did you not know? In essence, I don't understand the problem, Mary. You knew something was different about me before I got here. The angel told you before I got here, I was going to be a big deal. Why are you tripping that I'm a big deal? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Verse 50. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them because they were like, well, oh, Joe's business. Verse 51. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Check this out. Watch this next verse. And was subject to them. Let me tell you what happened after that scene in front of the preachers. Mary said, let me have your belt. Mary said, thank you. I should have set this prop up a little bit better. Real quick. Okay. Okay, you got, you got too much going on. I'm just going to use this. I'm going to do like some of y'all mama did. Come here. This whatever she could grab. Thank you, son. Oh, you got it now. You got it now. You, you got it now. So watch this. Watch this. After Nazareth, say after that scene. Say, here's what happened. She said, come here, Jesus. Didn't, didn't I tell you not to talk to me like that? Move your hand, move your hand, move your hand. Did, did. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's like they's doing a church, son. They ain't going. What, what, what's that? It says, and he was subject to them. But his mama kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in what? Wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Say as a teenager. Now check this out. It's interesting because the scripture suggests to us that Jesus didn't find his fit. Because notice he was the only one in his peer group that was there. Nobody else was with him. Watch this. And when he started his ministry at age 30 as an adult male, he didn't have anybody that he wanted uh, to begin with them that was already around him. And the scripture also suggests that Jesus probably had family drama as a teen and we know this and we can uh, expostulate and take this from the scripture through deductive logic because of the status of the relationship later. Notice Jesus didn't want his mother nor his brothers involved in his ministry according to Matthew 12. So watch this. As a teenager, he's got issues fitting in and he's got family issues. See, you thought you were the only one that dealt with the stuff you dealt with as a teenager. But Jesus dealt with the same stuff. Would you, would you touch your neighbor and say, he's been there too? He had to feel lonely. The rest of the kids were talking about, let's go play dreidel, man. Hebrew. We're going to run up to play dreidel. And Jesus is like, no, I'm going to write a message. Matter of fact, I am the message. I'm going to write me. Well, I says, as a teenager, he had to feel lonely. You're missing it. But he evolved. Say he evolved. The number one social epidemic in America is loneliness. And according to Robert Putnam, the greatest social epidemic in America is loneliness. And the most important thing, once this, he says in his book, is finding people to do life with. Finding your tribe. Finding your fit. Let me tell somebody on this Christmas morning, you ain't at harvest by accident. You're here because this is your tribe. This is where you fit. This is where you belong. I don't care how you got here. You had to get here so you could find where you fit. As a teenager, he was probably misunderstood. They probably talked about him. Because remember, he still had that goal from when he was a child. They probably, they probably started trying to uh, direct him this way, direct him this way, tell him this, tell him that. As a teenager, Jesus went through some stuff. But if you look throughout the Bible, it happened to everybody. It happened to Joseph. It happened to Moses. It happened to everybody that became great. They dealt with some stuff in their teenage years. Is there anybody that if you look back over your life in your teenage years, you went through some stuff and that stuff began to steer you and to direct you. And maybe it directed you in the wrong way. But I got to tell you, I don't care what it did before. Today is your evolution day. You're not who you used to be, and you may have done everything they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. And as an adult, can I tell you about what Jesus did as an adult? Well, based on that response, I'm out of time. 
So here's your challenge for the week. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Here's your challenge for the week. I am out of time, seriously, though. I'm out of time. I got to stop. I got to stop. Say, say I'm an evolutionary. Now, I'm going to finish this. Here's your challenge. Wednesday's the last Wednesday of this year. I want to challenge you to spend the last Wednesday of this year here. Here's the next part of your challenge. On Saturday, we're going into the community, and we're going to get as many people as we can in church on Sunday through Take the City Invites. I want to challenge you, watch this, to give Jesus the last Wednesday of this year, to give him the last Saturday of this year on Saturday morning, and then be at church on the first Sunday of this year. That's your challenge. Because I need to finish this. I didn't get to finish. I need to finish this on Wednesday. And then I need to carry it over into Sunday. And then on Saturday, you're going to use your life to change the lives of other people. The way you end something determines how you begin something. See, when you end stuff all jacked, you start stuff jacked. And you have to spend the first part of it trying to undo the jacked up. Not you anymore. You're going to end this year the strongest you've ended any other year of your life. And when you start the new year, it's going to be the best year of your life. Let me, let me announce what it's going to be for you. A banner year. And a banner year is a year that is marked by significant successes and great progress. You dealt with some of the worst to get you at your best. Now that you're at your best, it's evolution time. It's evolution time. I wish I could get a few folk. It's evolution time. I'm not just aging, I'm evolving. I'm not just here to pay bills and die. It's evolution time. It's evolution time. It's evolution time. If you believe it, give him praise. Come on, lift up a shout in this auditorium. It's evolution time. I'm out of time. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.